correct say sibilance? Sibilance? <laughs> sibilance? Human torch. Honus? Apply for a home loan. Hi, this is Sean. You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. And uh, my regular co-host, Craig Moorhead, is off on assignment in an undisclosed location. So today I'm joined once again by Brian Crane. Hello. Hi, Brian. Hey. Uh, Brian is the co-host of A Little Snack, a podcast you should check out because any day now... <laughs> It's coming any second. They may have a, a new episode. That's right. Not since January, but, you know, I think July is going to be the month for the next one. You just watch. Which July? This this July. <laughs> okay. Even this July. Okay. So there's six six days left, I think, in July for that <laughs> yeah, to happen. I'm cutting it close. But. Okay. Um, we have another live episode, so it may sound a little different again, but bear with us. We also have two very special guests today. Uh, in our wives. Yes. We have to call them special. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, they happen to be also, but you know, it's all, we're also required to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, you know, with that in mind, let me introduce you to my wife, Gretchen. Hello. Hi, Gretchen. And this is, uh, my wife, Peggy. Hi. Hi. Now, is there any truth to the rumor that you two are going to start a podcast of just making fun of your husband's? Podcast? We already have one, actually. Yes. Okay. You just don't know about oh, it. Oh, my God. It's an underground it's... podcast. Well, you know that then our daughters will then make a podcast <laughs> making fun of your podcast. I'm sure Beatrice is already ready. So the yeah. circle will be complete. Yes. Um, thank you guys for coming. Uh, Gretchen, you actually suggested that we do this, and I thought it was a really cool idea because I don't want to paint a picture of you guys that's incorrect, but is it fair to say neither of you would call yourselves movie nerds? Correct. I grew up in a complete media vacuum. Okay. I have seen probably 17 movies in my life, including this one. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm only exaggerating a little bit. It's probably more like 50. Now, so. I obviously have insider information, but why don't you share with people, just to give a, a concrete idea of what this means, how old were you when you watched the original Star Wars trilogy? I was at least 31. Yeah. I think I saw it when I was 31, but I might have been as old as 33. Pretty recent. Very recent. Yes, recent. that's, that's yeah. within the last five <laughs> or six years. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, Brian, how would you describe Peggy's movie life? I would say that she did not achieve a true awakening <laughs> until she met me. Um, and now she understands how important movies are. But before that, she lived in some benighted ignorance. But I drew her out of that, and now she knows. I'd say I, she almost qualifies as a movie nerd in some instances. And Peggy, how wrong is he in that I mean, he's, description? He's pretty close. I didn't go to the movies a lot as a kid, but I definitely watched you know Star Wars before I graduated from high school. Well, that's good. Uh, I'm definitely not as on my game as I was when I was working at Warner Brothers where I had sure. to know stuff and know when it was coming out and know the That's descriptions true. and who's in good, it. I got a lot of good information from you back then. I used to know production companies and that mm -hmm. sort of thing and I'm just like, what's coming out? Oh, that came out? Okay. I, you were there for the Harry Potter films, correct? I was. I was so one of the first people in my department that was forced to read the books. Wow. And I am the personification of the title, never heard of it. Because 99% <laughs> of the movies that they, 100% of the movies they have done on this podcast, I have never heard of until Which Sean talks about them. Which is why we thought today would actually be nice to then talk about a movie that a lot of our listeners will recognize and probably have seen, but at the very least... They'll have heard of this, or definitely of the filmmakers, and so 
how we did this was you suggested the idea, Gretchen, and then Brian, Craig, and I talked about what the hell we're going to make them watch. Brian, you came up with a list. Yeah. And the movie that we're talking about today is a 1996 movie, Bound, directed by the Wachowski brothers, now the Wachowski sisters. We'll get into that, of course. Siblings. Siblings. There was maybe four or five on that list. Yeah. Is there any particular reason Bound jumped out to you? Well, I, as I was trying to come up with this list, because I, 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 I knew what you were talking about in that, it, it, with, with the ladies, I think we had a better shot, potentially, at getting a movie that more people than not had actually heard of. They may not have heard of it, but we would, we would get them out of the, the sub-basement of like super never heard of it. Yes, um, and I think I like the one that flashed into my head was like, "Oh, Matrix, that'd be cool." I was like, "Oh, well, they, 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 most of them, they've seen that, you know." Gretchen, so, I you, took you to the those Matrix. trilogies. I did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, yeah. I mean, the, the Matrix is in my list of seventeen. That oh, I've yeah. seen. See, and that's what I figured. That's like as yeah. fun as that would be. But I'm sure even you guys have heard of that one. Um, offended. <laughs> I know you're a little offended. So I thought, just well, getting started. Well, what's another one um, that that might sort of dovetail with that? And it's like, you know, well, that's our first movie, Bound, which sort of laid the groundwork for the Wachowskis to do the Matrix. So I thought that might be a good one. Uh, so a couple other ones on there were like, you know, Chud uh, for can- cannibalistic human aid underground dwellers. I thought that would be a good one. Heard of that? Um, I've yeah. heard the term, but not the movie. <laughs> Uh, and a couple others, but um, but I think uh, Bound was the one that sort of um, uh, sort of rose yeah. Rose I, I definitely thought, oh, that would be a great one because you know, uh, as cool and smart as me, you, and Craig are, this is a good one to have a female perspective on. Oh, absolutely. Particularly because of what's happened to the directors. But anyway, Bound. <laughs> let me just give a quick synopsis to those who maybe <laughs> haven't heard of this or seen it. Uh, this is from Google. Again, 1996, sparks fly when Violet sets eyes on Corky in an elevator. Violet is the girlfriend of a violent gangster, Caesar. While Corky is fresh out of prison and doing renovations on the apartment next door, as the two women launch into a passionate love affair, they assemble an intricate plan for Violet to escape from Caesar with $2 million of the mob's money. Mm. Uh, The movie stars Jennifer Tilly in the role of Violet and Gina Gershon in the role of Corky. And Caesar is played by Joe Pantoliano. It also features, help me out here, Brian, that guy. Chris Maloney. Yes. Uh, Where do I know him from? Uh, you know him SB- from Law and Order SVU. I don't, but yeah, actually no. he looks familiar. Um, he, was in, he was in a season of True Blood. Um, he was in... Something recently. Yeah, something recent, um, where he played a Special Forces guy. He played oh. a Special Forces guy. Law you know, Order Special Forces? Yeah, Law and yeah, Order Special Forces um, <laughs> unit. Yeah, he's he's pretty ubiquitous. So you'll you'll see him in a bunch of stuff, but um, he's he's really good. He's a solid guy. Yeah, and a couple other just solid like characters, but mm-hmm. really, I mean, character actors. It's it's not a big cast at all. No. It's a very contained movie. But what did you guys think? Did you have any expectation of what you might be watching, even just based on the title, Bound? Or did you know anything about it? Peggy? You had heard a yes. little of this. And Brian asked me, had you know, had I heard of it? And I said. Is that the one with the lesbians? Right. And that was the extent. But then when I went to watch it, I was like, oh, this is the movie. And I knew the background story about Joel Silver. Um, and it all started unraveling, but I had never seen it. Well, that's, at least there's that. Yeah. You may not have heard so of it. So I knew the drama, it. but then since then, the Wachowski siblings, or at least Lana, has 
said that that's not true, that Joel Silver wasn't making this a test movie. But I think any movie you make with a $6 million budget and then go on to make Matrix is mm-hmm. a test movie. Yeah, that sounds like to me. Sure. Yeah, you got to take that step. But did you, beyond, okay, let's define the lesbian movie. Did you think, <laughs> oh, the movie about lesbians in love? I didn't know that there was in, crime. Okay, I didn't you, know that there was no, violence. No I just knew that there was some love relationship between two okay. lesbians. Gretchen? Yeah. I knew nothing whatsoever. <laughs> I had no expectations okay. for this movie. Um, yeah, no, nothing. I didn't know who the Wachowski siblings were. Wow. Okay. I did not know that they were responsible for the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing at all. Perfect so, test case. A good, yeah, a good clean slate. Yep. Mm-hmm. And just let's just start with, we usually try to say kind of overall it, what we felt kind of two-second synopsis. I mean, not synopsis. Our takeaway of this movie. Like, did you enjoy the experience overall? I was was keen to find out what happened, but I was sort of frustrated by the overriding 90s-ness of the movie, which can't be helped because it was made in the 90s. But, and I'm not a Jennifer Tilly fan, Mm -hmm. and she bothered me throughout. Mm. Peggy? Well, I'm very used to Jennifer Tilly because I watch a lot of Family Guy, so the voice didn't bother me at all. Is she one of the... She's the pregnant, the one who's always pregnant next door. Ah, okay. Joe's wife. Gotcha. I don't even know if she has a name besides Joe's wife. Oh, maybe not. But (laughs) I'm sure she does. But that didn't bother me. I I mean, I was fine. It kept my attention. Uh, It was, there were some definite 90s distractions from it, and I wouldn't go so far as to say I would recommend it to somebody else, but for its historical significance in filmmaking, <laughs> I would recommend it based on that. Oh, okay. And Brian, maybe we should say, you didn't actually, you haven't finished watching this again. Yeah. The, so when's the last time you saw this? I, I probably saw this fairly not long after it came out, so it's been a while for me, but I, I remember bits and parts of it, but also back in the day when you know I was writing screenplays and such. Uh, I subscribed to a certain ma- magazine called Scenario Magazine, which was kind of like the thing to do. Mm-hmm. And Bound was one of them. So it was sort of like a, sort of held up as a prime example of excellent screenwriting. So um, I, I, I'd read that a few times, the screenplay in that, in that magazine. So I, I feel like, you know, I had a fairly good grasp of it. And I watched, you know, the first 10 minutes of it recently, but, um, but I'd have to depend on my memory to, for the, the whole of it. So, so by the way, Bonnie. Bonnie. Bonnie is, uh, is Bonnie. the name of Joe's wife on family. Oh, okay. We had some help from an outside member. Thank you. Right. Um, let's talk a little bit about that opening because Jennifer Tilly and Gina Garshon do meet as neighbors. Um, and it's pretty apparent that uh, Tilly is interested in some Gershon. She is hot for Gershon. <laughs> from the word go. Um, it, it takes a little while to actually get to the plot of this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, le- at least the heist that's going to be involved, yeah. the con that's taking place, the money that's being involved. And I think looking at it now in 2016, that does feel, it feels a little dated even in that mm-hmm. building of that relationship. The newness of the lesbian factor, I think, well, maybe. I think they, they were like, you know, we got to titillate our audience. Sure. Let's have a lesbian love scene. Mm-hmm. Let's get that out of the way. Right. So there's some... There's some relationship building, and there's a spark there. There's some awkward close talk and awkward close coffee drinking. There's and a lot of personal space issues. issues. Yeah, there are a lot of personal space issues, and, and then they do it. They do. And it's, it's reasonably graphic. 
for is. what it is. Yeah, you can tell what's going on. Yeah, you know what's happening, yeah. and uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of booby on display. Yeah, and and then so, but based on what we are to assume is this one time that they've done it, there is a level of trust and intimacy beyond physical mm-hmm. that they're going. They have built their relationship from here. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was one of my questions. Did you buy? That central conceit that these two people, in the newness of this relationship, would then trust each other to do a very, very dangerous thing. I mean, what ultimately becomes a life or death situation. You know, is it, would you call it love between the two of them? Is that even fair to say? Do you think the the film is trying to say these two are in love? No. I can suspend disbelief for the purpose of the movie, but in the real world, no. And I don't even think that they're trying to say love. I just think that they're trying... I think that there's, like, a sympathy for each other there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Tilly, having been living kind of this mafia life for a while, realizes the pain that Kershawn is going through, having just come out of jail for five years. Or, and then I feel like once it's revealed that Tilly is a prostitute, that... And everyone, you know, they kind of have a few deep conversations. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's enough to have love, but there's, I feel like there's a bond there. Yeah, I, I can see a bond, not necessarily love. Okay. And my, also, I was interested in, did they do enough to make you, like, care about these people or to like, were you actively rooting for any one person? I'm all for Gina Gershon. Yeah? <clears throat> Corky, Yes. My dislike of Tilly runs to her characters. <laughs> so Because it is Tilly's story. She is the protagonist yes, she, who's got the most to lose, who's trying to change her she life. She has the majority of the real... She owns all the relationships in yes. the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. she does. Um, I mean, so I'm just going to get this out of the way now. She calls Corky Carkey the entire movie. <laughs> and there's a lot of... Um, Carkey. I need your help, Carkey, mm-hmm. kind of lines. And that I was just like, you know... It just it it took me out of it enough that it, that was hard. But I mean, like you know, you want things to work out for the best for them specifically. For me, actually, for Corky more so than for Jennifer Tiller. Like if if she got beheaded, I probably wouldn't have cared. Yeah. Well, so, she has. That's pretty harsh. That's yeah. strong. <laughs> that's pretty hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Well, Gershon has the like Story. criminal background so I think that she's kind of masterminding based on her experience but what she doesn't really know is how these people will actually react so she's relying so right. much on Tilly's you know opinion on, on how to react in combination with how her right. criminal and, experience and, and Jennifer Tilly her character has been involved with this group for quite some time I don't remember how long it's been but it's been a long time so she you know I think it was five years Yes, and Gershon is not wrong to trust awesome. her in that. She's like, you know, you know these people. Yeah, because that's why they say, like, five How's years this? is a long time, and they were both in that relationship. You know, she was right. in prison for five years, and he, she was in the relationship right. for five years. Prisons. Right. prisons. And so, and I... I wrote that down. I will say, when they... <laughs> when they start uh, hatching this plan, and it's Gershon planning and Jennifer Tilly providing all the details and the nuance and, you know, fleshing it out for her... That's probably my favorite scene in the whole movie, because like they're intense. It, they're they're like you're they're both picturing it and you're seeing it play out, and it plays out exactly as they are planning it, until Joe Pantoliano's character does not do what they think he should do, what any sane person would do. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do that, yeah. and and from there, 
you know, that's when the shit hits the fan mm-hmm. for for their plan, and you know, everything kind of comes unhinged. There's like this to- other interesting thing happening where they show a scene at the very beginning of the movie, which is Garshon bound and injured. So you don't know if what. If that's the end scene or the middle scene, you don't know right. when we're going to hit that. And you don't know if she's been betrayed? Yeah, you don't know if it's Tilly's fault that she's in there. Like, her, she and Joey Pants got together and decided to do this. Or if what right. went wrong in the right. plan. And, like, and my even the thought crossed my mind that from when they met in the elevator, the two of them, she and, and Joey Pants, hatched that plan from the word go. Right, and I think that that's why the love relationship, they don't really want you thinking about it. Because they want you thinking in the back of your head... Don't trust her. Don't do it. Right. Don't go for it. You just got out of prison, girl. Get your life right. You're going to be plumbing and painting. It's going to be fine. You know, you don't need $2.2 million. And, you know, it's established fairly Everyone early on that Jennifer Tilly is a prostitute. So she could be just she could be just gaming right. Gina Gershon from the word go, like I said. And, you know, spoiler alert, turns out she's not, which is actually a pleasant surprise for the movie because it's just like, oh... Here is this relationship based on two weeks, yeah, you know, acquaintance, right. and 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 it feels like it's going to work out at least, you know, for the time being. And the suspicion also is there because it's like Tilly is so directed at Gershon from like the second on, she lays on yeah. really strong. So it's like if she had a, a, an ulterior motive, you know, right. just to use her for some other part in her plan. That would be the really you know egregious way to do it, but, but mm-hmm. you know that would that would be. Um, you know, she wasn't subtle at all. It, it well, wasn't to bring her in. And I think, right. I mean, they they directly say, like, Gershon from the beginning of the movie is out to get laid. She goes to a bar and she's like, I'm just trying to get laid. Right. Yep. So she's down trying to find oh, a lady. Can I say something about that moment, by the way? The person that she tries to pick up <laughs> is is no looker. I was surprised at that. I the, thought the person she was picking up looked like a trans woman. Yeah, I thought so I thought too. it was a dude, yeah. 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 I, Wait, I, I, which, who is this character? When she's in the bar and she's sitting, she sli- like slides into the booth. With this other woman. They don't then, show this other then, woman very and much. And then her girlfriend calls, comes up, and she's like, call me, you know, when you get over mm-hmm. Right. And so, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if there's some sort of, like, reference to interesting sort of lesbian politics there, but I was just surprised, you know, Gina Gershon is, uh, is an attractive woman, and this person was not. Sorry to whomever played that role. That's pretty... Um, but I just wondered... Do you think it was Gina mismatch. Gershon is a still attractive in 2016 standards, or just 20 years ago standards? I would like to say... Uh, she is, uh, especially in the role of Paul Reiser's wife on Red Oaks, <laughs> which is currently streaming on Amazon Prime. <laughs> but she looks different woman. now. She looks different now. I'm talking about yeah. if you took Gina Gershon from Bound. Yeah, absolutely. Just give her a different thought, hairstyle. Yeah. I thought she was pretty Yeah, maybe oh, it's just yeah. because of the way she's dressed. It was off-putting. I just felt I wanted her to close her mouth Well, once. and that's, that, <laughs> yes, that is something. And I will say that they, the, the, the stereotypes. Mouth readers are really <laughs> yeah. huge. Yeah, the 90s. Uh, the stereotypes in this movie were just laid on so thick yeah. in some instances. Yeah, like, there's so many, there's so much black leather for all of the lesbians. Well, and and Gina Gershon is as butch as you can make a woman <laughs> as pretty as Gina Gershon mm. without, you know, giving her fake scars all over well, her face. Well, the costume department was gearing up for Matrix, so they had to get started right. and had to start show on all that leather. Well, right. I think I, I, you, you know, bring up a good point, and that's actually something I want to talk about because I, I do think, you know, it's just, it is reflective of how much our sort of uh, awareness and politics have changed, I think, since then. Like the movie at the time was given a, a GLAAD Media Award. 
uh, for mm-hmm. for wide release um, for the LGBT community, and was also like, yeah, like I read a review and somebody was saying like that's as close as you'll get to a, a, a true form butch lesbian in a in a mainstream film um, at the time. Well, um, sure. And that's I think that's important, but yeah, I think today like it's easy. Well, and, I mean, and the, the to key to look at that and go, no, yeah, she doesn't not, look like not very complex. The key yeah. phrase there is for its time. Sure. Yeah. And and that's and I mean, it's not the first movie to feature gay people. No, definitely for not. its time. But like in a relationship that works, and I mean, there mm-hmm. are still some stereotypes they play on, but part of that is like so um, Pantaleon's character at one point, like when he realizes that Tilly and Gershon are involved, he calls her a dyke, he says all these terrible things, and it's basically like it's big like you conniving women and your lesbians that just makes it worse. Right. Basically. And it's like and some of that is, I think, a product of the time and some of that is that he is a product of the mafia mentality. Which is, you know, decades behind and right. so, anyway. So we're already working with a movie that's twenty years old. And he is operating with a mentality that's 30 years before that. Yeah. Well, and I think people so also, yeah, like a lot, I'm sure, like if this came out today, I feel like there would be an uproar of the fact that, oh, you've got a lesbian couple. One of them's a crook who's been to prison and the other one's married to the mob and a prostitute. Like, you know. Um, well, well, to the converse of that, would they be like, well, you know, uh, gay and lesbian have come so far that... Um, they, it's good now that they can be depicted in so complex a way that, that they can be crooks and they can be totally complex my opinion, characters. Yes. You know? Well, it's, sure. That, that's they're humans. Sure. They're flawed. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. what you want. Like, yeah, and, like, and you, can be, so like you should be willing to them. share all parts of that history, not just the glossy parts. Sure. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I can get behind that, but it is frustrating to see those stereotypes perpetuated in the 90s. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, in the 90s, it was like, well, of course they're conniving. They're women. Right, you know? I mean, right. like, that's not that wasn't necessarily the prevailing attitude of everyone in the 90s, but it was still, it was hard, you know? But like, now, we're still working. But given that it was written by the Wachowski siblings, who had this future in store for them, and had and written and directed this movie, um, uh, do, you, do you think, then, that there's, you know, it, there's some other complexity there, or, or that, that they were just as... Subject to the you know kind of prevailing stereotypes of the time as anyone. I mean, I don't see it. I don't think as strongly as Gretchen does. I see they're just trying to escape their lives, and both of their lives are controlled by men. I mean, Gershon's been in the system, so now she owes a bunch of favors to everybody, you know. And she's only you know once you're in jail with a felony, you can't get a job. So it's all about like, hey, can you pay me cash on the table to paint this place, etc. I'll fix the toilet, whatever. And then Tilly is stuck in her situation. I mean, she Mm. can't afford that condo by herself. Even prostituting, I don't know how good she is. But so they're both stuck, and they're both trying to escape from men. So it could be that they're lesbians as an escape from men. It could be that I mean, because Tilly has sex with men and women, right? But, but the men sure. are work. Yeah. Right, the men are work. Yeah, well, I, can I can't, I don't have to disagree with that to still have the feeling that there is a lot of violence against women in this movie. Oh. And for two people who identify as women, I don't know at what point in their lives they made that realization because some people don't make that realization until they always, they like maybe they've always felt like something was wrong and then only recently they were like, hmm, it's because I'm in the wrong body. Okay. And so maybe just, that was. Just to interrupt, I did read prior to recording this that yes, uh, formerly um, Larry Wachowski, who is now Lana, 
has said and come out and publicly said that yes, she has felt that way since a very young child. Okay. Um, and I think the brother. So uh, there's so much violence Lily. against women, who, and this is made by people who identify as women, mm. and it's just like, is this a product of his time? Is this some weird rep- repressed self hate coming mm. out? Is this like you don't think this any of it is like look exposure? what lesbians have to deal with exposure? It, yeah. Well, it could be that too, mm-hmm. or it could be well, this is what's expected, so this is the movie we're gonna make. It's, there's definitely, I mean, this is a film noir, so like, sure. and that is it always has to be dark, yeah. right? It has to be violent, but for me, it, it's hard Even to the main, swallow. Yeah, it's hard to watch. But I mean, then yeah. making it's hard to watch and it's hard to swallow women making a movie that has. So much violence against women. I mean, yes. they they are getting punched in the face. And it would be interesting to know if they would make this movie the same way today. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. As trans women, right? As, I mean, and that's the, the unknowable yes, question that's, Un- that's until they say. Thing. But I think it's yeah, I mean, it's, it's I mean, interesting like, to watch you can, from that perspective. You can took like you can add a level of remove and say, well, this character would act that way, and that's true. Mm. He like his Caesar is the character's name. He would act that way. Mm. I understand, but it's still hard for me to watch knowing a person like a woman. Right. I think that you they know. did that intentionally because did you see in your research on that they actually shot the screenplay around a little bit before they went with um, the the filmmaker that or the uh, money that they went with, but. Five, I think five studios told them that if change you change the it, the lead, to, if you change it to one person to a man, mm-hmm. then we'll do it. Which would have made it a very typical noir movie. Yeah, I mean, and I think they wanted rings twice kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, which is really the only twist. The real twist in the movie, the only real deviation is that right. instead of just uh, you know a woman seducing a man into a plot, you know, all right. by you know Jack Nicholson and Jessica Lange post rings twice or something like that, it's it's two women. And a lot of the same things. I mean, it, there, there's really no noir movie where the hapless schlub, the man who's brought in, doesn't get hit, doesn't get sure. you know, it, have Even, violence visited yeah, on them. And, they, Chinatown. It's like it's it's it's, right. a, it's a hallmark of the genre. Right. And so I, in this case, it's like, well, if we're going to put a woman in there, um, and it's still a, a noir movie, and you can't you can't say it's not. Even just based on the opening credits where they show Bound and all the shadows right. and everything, it's like you know they're underlining the fact it's noir. Yeah, you have to kind of subject them to the violence. I mean, there's some question as to how you depict it and how graphic it is, the, the depiction of the violence. For sure. But, I agree. But, you know, and maybe I agree. That was the and error. all of you people being more informed about film in general than I am mm. know more about this than me. My beef is primarily with the fact that, like, yeah, I mean, it's, this, it's, was, this was hard to swallow yeah. for, for me, you know, and whatever. And I will say, like, one thing I wrote down was, like, at least they win in the end. I guess, and I wrote well, down that with a question mark. Like yeah. they get away with it, I guess. <laughs> I think as a you man, know? like yeah, the fact that they are women and they do like are they they yeah. get beat up badly. Like but that I, happens I was happy in for them. Oh, does. It, to- it really does. I was happy for them to go away. I also I also think some of this might just be sort of you're in that post Tarantino Pulp Fiction right. reservoir, where the violence right. was like oh, that was right. a selling point. Yeah, we had Reservoir Dogs, we had Pulp Fiction, everybody was getting seven. Right. So. Well, let's get back to, if we can, um, just the movie-movie side of this a little mm-hmm. bit. Because um, I think the scene that you brought up, which actually I like that scene a lot too, where Gina Gershon is sort of walking 
uh, Tilly through the mechanisms of how they're going to do this. I always love those kind of moments, especially like if it happens in the midpoint, like it's yeah. it sort of re-energizes you as an audience because it's mm-hmm. kind of like, like oh, she's I talking to see us. this play out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did that satisfy you then how it played out? Because, I, I mean, the plot is, it really becomes plotty. And then um, there's surprises. Um, was there anything that you thought went too far in the, like, okay, I, they lost me, I don't believe this, or the motivation, like, why would they do this? Like, because you always have these moments in mysteries or thrillers, like, oh, why don't you just run away, or things yeah. like that. And we laughed, Gretchen, watching this a little bit about, like, there's that great scene where the cops come. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. that was and brilliant. And there's, like, the, you know, she doesn't want to let them in. She's like, how do I know you're cops? She looks she's through the... She's stalling so that she's he stalling, can clean up bodies. Yeah, to help clean yeah. up the bodies. She's, you know, she looks through the people, and the cop's like, see, it's really us. And then the other cop, like, peeks in and smirks at her and just backs away. And it's like, that was 100%. There's a bloody comedy movie I mean, with like, those guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to think that that was completely improvised. Yeah. And it was hilarious. And I just was like, yeah, I think, that And there's worked. a lot of jokes about it, you know, about how ridiculous bathroom, it is. Yeah. Like, he uses the bathroom. There's a bunch of dead bodies in the bathtub. And then later, when Mickey's over, you know, Mickey's, like, all of a sudden, he's like, Why'd you rearrange the furniture? And you're like, yeah. oh, you're caught now. And then he's like, oh, you know, ladies, they're nervous. You know, Gina's she just wanted everything here. to be perfect. Right. Let's, yeah, there's uh, all that. On that note, though, I do think, boy, that's an interesting apartment complex because <laughs> you got the girl that's just got out of prison and then the guy next door is like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody in here has got a story, you know. You know, right. Joey Pantaleon is saying this to her because, you know, he finds out she's been in prison. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're all... Like guilty yeah. of something in this apartment complex, uh, but then yeah, they do hear uh, screaming, I think, and they call the cops. But then later, there's like twelve gunshots that go no, off. No, they and, they call the cops when they're gunshots. Okay, but yeah. then there's more after that. Yeah, there's way. a lot more after that. <laughs> no Nobody calls. comes. It's like running down the hallway in the stairwell and like firing. Yeah, right. Oh, there's gunshot. that and like so car keys apart- apartment is. <laughs> Relatively tiny compared not to her apartment, right? She's just renovating it for the next person. But she's staying in. there. She's staying there. And just renovating. while she's fixing yeah. it right. up, and then right. she's right. out. Yeah, right. I think so, yeah. Okay. Yes, but so she's staying there, and it's reasonably small. Meanwhile, Violet's apartment is cavernous. I mean, yeah, this huge. place is huge. And Make, mixed income sort of property. Yes, very money. Judging from the layout, one apartment kind of wraps around the other one fully. T- I mean, there's so much. It and, was weird. And yeah. there's a lot of bad decision making in this movie. Like, they are torturing someone, banging his head against the toilet, cutting off his fingers. And they keep talking about the thin walls. I know. Why would you bring them to a place with thin walls if you're <laughs> in the mob? And and then, and then, well, why would you bring? That was my thing with the guy with Shelley when they tortured him. Why would they bring? That was water? Johnny's decision. Okay. She was like, "You said you would never do it." That's why she was so upset and right. ran to Corky to begin with because Corky. She she had never witnessed it. That was the first time that okay. that had happened with the finger. Well, maybe in the bathroom was an interior room, so you had you know a little soundproofing. Like also, he was gagged. No, they heard everything. They he was gagged. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but he was gagged, but not at the beginning. But Gershon heard it all. The, the, yeah, the yeah, because the bathroom was right next to the other bathroom. Uh, yeah, yeah, the bathrooms. I mean, are that right. was my point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so I don't yeah. know that I would. Can't they just go do that in a warehouse somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Down by the there's river. plenty yeah. of places yeah. to commit crimes Under without underpass? getting yeah. caught. Yeah, yeah. up in Gallenberg, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and and the cops conveniently know exactly which apartment to buzz. Which I thought that was a little yeah. You know, I guess if if the neighbor across the hall heard shots, he would be like. It's one of those two apartments. Whatever. And who should have you know, known by now? Right. Yeah, they should have known. And I, I would say that, like, when things are unraveling, 
Joe Pagliano does a really good crazy. Like mm. he's way over the top, but it totally works for what's going on. Yeah. And he's just like he's frantic, and it's really kind of like he really is sort of like chewing it all up and yeah. enjoying himself. But like I enjoyed it right along with him. Where a lot of the time, I wouldn't necessarily. I'd be like, I read you something know? about that too. The Wachowskis told him to watch some Humphrey Bogart movie. Treasure of Sierra Madre. Yeah, and oh, really? and get his you know like sense of Ugh, from that. Oh really? Yeah. It's a great performance. And I mean, I think it's a legitimately I great would also performance. Say, yeah. yeah, and in the scene where he kills Gino and his son and their bodyguard or whoever yeah. that third person is, there are a lot of unlikely kill shots. I have a background in anatomy. I know where your heart is located. And for the record, it is not proximal to your right shoulder. It's not? Uh, no, definitely that's not. News. That's news. It's yeah. like down by your belly button, right? Something like, like that. So and so you're, you're, Elliot Crest, I think, is where it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that yeah. That's not right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, granted, you could die from that wound. Mm-hmm. You could bleed out from that, sure, 100%. But, but not instantaneously. You would not be dropped and dead right. from that shot. Right. And, yeah, there was a lot of, like, getting shot in the arm, killing a person instantly. And I was just like, that's unrealistic. Yeah. Well, what about how it resolved? Um, you know, we talked that the, the girls do win. Essentially, mm-hmm. it felt very like Thelma and Louise to me, but with a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. they kill the bad guy. Yeah, very cinematically so in a uh, pool of white paint. Yeah. That was excellent. Yeah, I yeah. loved how they shot that, and then they take off in a bright red pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a new bright red because yeah. her old mm-hmm. pickup's a beater. It's like a what a '67 or something like mm-hmm. that. And she's really because, proud of having because she's up a and, lesbian, so she drives a right. car that she can fix herself. That right. was stated in the and movie. seemingly all the loose ends are tied up because you got the all the other witnesses are basically dead except for Mickey. Mickey took care of everything. Mickey right. Mick, Mickey took care of things, mm-hmm. and she, and Violet gives him a nice like. Oddly kiss. intimate parting kiss that's a little... It's a little gross. Yeah, a little gross. He's a little, I mean... Mickey's on the older side. Mickey's, yeah, it's like this, you know... I think that's part of her a, work, her a, sexual a bunny work, work of sex. Yeah. A bunny rabbit work. kissing a crocodile. I like yeah. how he played yeah. it, though, because it wasn't like... He, he was, was like, Oh, yeah, but it was... It he was, was just real, like, he was like, was like... That's an odd you know, thing to yeah. do. I just made a facial expression that no one is going <laughs> to hear. Yeah. Sure. But, yeah. Just imagine it. Experience. So if there was a sequel to Bound, what do you I think Corky and Violet would be up to? Maybe Thelma and Louise was a sequel. Do you think they would still be a couple 10 years later? 20 years later? Bookstore in Portland. Bookstore in Portland. Best in show. Something like that. Talk show. I don't I mean, know. You know, at the end... Car key has that line where she says something to the effect of, you know, you know what the difference is between me and you, Violet? And Violet's like, what? And she goes, nothing. And that's like, you know, because before she felt like there was this big difference. And then yeah, she Yeah, wait till they try to start spending that $2.2 million. Yeah, so as close right as they thought that they were together when they were in it and fighting the same war, $2.2 million is going to change everybody. And once Corky started spending all the money on this and that and... On trucks. Yeah, and until he's spending it all on 90s, and things are going to not go so things well. Unravel. But at least she'll be able to build her a nice giant closet. There you go. For all those 90s? Yeah. Also, she can tie up some people to fit in that giant closet. There you go. Yeah, tie them up and lay them down with all our shoes. It's the bound, too. Yes. Those those guys are soulmates. They're together, absolutely. We were working out, what was it, some sequel titles? They can do some ropes courses. Oh, really? Yeah, bound, you know, 
and determined. That kind of the whole yeah. the Bound trilogy. That's right. Isn't there like a Bound? Oh, maybe I'm thinking Air Bud. Is there like a <laughs> <laughs> Homeward Bound? Homeward Bound. That's the prequel. I told you I'm not up on oh, my movie that, game. That must be Airbud. That's the quote of the century right there. Well, I actually I googled Bound Two, and what popped up was there's a Kanye West song, and that's the one that's like the famous video of him on a motorcycle just making out with topless oh, with uh, Kim, Kardashian. Kim Kardashian, which uh, I gross. have not watched. But oh, I've seen that. Times. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with the movie Bound. I'm guessing I haven't heard the song, but uh, they probably never knows. saw the one. There's probably more of a connection mm-hmm. with Airbud too, probably. Probably. <laughs> probably though. Well, here's a, here's a bit of trivia that I read that I, I want to see if you guys notice this whatsoever. Uh, apparently, uh, Jennifer Tilly A. was uh, originally auditioning for the role of Karki, which would have changed everything. Yeah. Um, Hi, my name's Karki. And they were hoping to get Linda Hamilton to yeah, be uh, Gershon's part. And then that, so, all, that all switched. But Tilly, let's back this train up a teeny Yes, bit. Linda Hamilton of Terminator. Never seen it. Okay. Well, that's a different episode. Um, of Beauty and the Beast, the TV series. <laughs> never seen it. <laughs> Um, I would have loved Linda Hamilton instead of Garshan because I thought but she she can play plainer better and Garshan's lips were too big to be plain I'd like to once again say Gina Garshan is wonderful she's a lovely I think I mean okay let me just tell you if I miss any part of that movie it's because I was thinking should I get lip injections that looks so hot like and I I was like I mean, you can't see this, but I was like playing with my lips the whole time, <laughs> trying to like spread them out and see if I could get my lips to look like that. Like the see, whole movie, I, I was, was doing looking that. at her, thinking, "You got to be born she with drools. it." But I was like, "Could I still keep she my mouth doesn't. closed?" I know for a fact she does not. <laughs> no, I w- it's I'm more sure important for me to have a closed mouth. I think she's yeah. pretty. Okay, uh, back to the thing that I'm going to ask about. Actually, was I, I read that Tilly actually was supposed to be Karki? No. No. Okay. Yeah. In the scenes where she's speaking to men, she used a slightly higher pitch to her voice to sound girlier mm-hmm. uh, than she did when speaking to Gershon. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? No. I didn't Neither notice did I. that, like a pitch necessarily, but a tone. So like how I'm talking now versus mm-hmm. how I talk when I'm hyper, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how I'm talking to the other lesbian in this movie. But this is how I'm talking. Come on, Joy Pants. Come on. Yeah. yeah. I, can, I can see that. And I think it also, like, I've listened to a lot of stuff and read a lot of stuff about, you know, vocal fry and stuff like that. And, like, when a woman deepens her voice, it's supposed to signify some level of satisfaction mm-hmm. and things like that. And then when you when you sound girlier and you're upspeak, you're appealing to the the man's... You know, lizard brain. Yeah, lizard brain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have your home ver- voice and your work voice, and I think it goes back to everything that she did in that condo <clears throat> was work. The relationship with right. Joey was pants was work. The relationship with everybody in the mob was work. All the pimping, prostituting was work. Sure. But the relationship she had with Gina Gershon was I will say real. Also, leisure. she leisure. I in leisure. One thing I wrote down though was that she baby talked. Her pants off to Joey Pants. Yeah, and when he was consoling her, he baby talked her right back, and mm-hmm. I just thought, oh well, that's how their relationship works. It's all really, you hard. know. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> did you say it was all really hot? It was all really hot. No, I, I, I did. You know, and just having reacquainted myself just for the first little bit of the movie, I'm like, I like Jennifer Tilly's whole thing. That was working for me. I thought it was. See, good. that's what I was saying to Gretchen is like she wears a nightie the whole time because she's always working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's her work. That's her uniform. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I buy that totally. Mm-hmm. It's it's like uh, car keys, wife beater, and gigantic, wide belted yeah. car hearts exactly. with grease stains all over everything. Even though she's not working with grease most Painting. of the time. She may have been taking an engine apart in the room if we just didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, she was rebuilding Those her Those are her work clothes. Chevy. I mean, my work clothes, my, you know, I mow the lawn in grass-stained, paint-stained clothes. Listen, guys, my, my work clothes, clothes when I was working had blood on them all the time. I'm yeah. not here to criticize. Sure. I'm just saying. You know, mm-hmm. Blood and other more disgusting things. So. Absolutely. Good times. That's the end. No. Um, <laughs> well, transition. I was going to transition to sex, but uh, no. Uh, no, actually, uh, there is something interesting to this movie that I found out. Um, the bartender in that scene actually was um, noted feminist writer and sex educator Susie Bright, apparently, who I think the Wachowskis were fans of as an author and writer and sent the script to and when basically asking her to appear as an extra and apparently she liked it so much but was disappointed by the fact that the sex scenes were written just to kind of say they didn't have sex mm-hmm. and so she asked to be a sex consultant on the film and I guess helped choreograph the trysts oh, well really you know good for them and good for her did it feel in any because I, I think my sort of memory of this film actually you know, just to expand on Peggy's take of it was, oh, it's not only the lesbian movie, it's a lesbian movie where they get it on, you know. Yeah, and I, so, I had totally whitewashed that out of my head. I just yeah. remember it was very, uh, you know, there was, was lesbian elements. You are I lying, I did not. <laughs> I did not remember that it was in, in some ways. That it was ways, racy. That it was a bit racy, we'll say. Mm-hmm. So as I, was, as I was watching it, and I, I remember that I had suggested it, I felt, I felt a little, little bad that it was like, Okay, the one movie that we're gonna have, you know, yeah. the, the the women look at and review and talk about is like a really sort of graphically lesbian one. So you yeah, know, that, the that's next, on me. That's the on next me. never heard of it is Deep Throat. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, no, we'll do um, uh, Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, it would have too. to be something. Yeah. Like that, yeah. yeah, but everyone's already heard of it. and seen it. You'll have to find so. something. Even Gretchen, we saw the theater. Yes, one of the seven. We did. We did. Okay. Yes, but I, mean, I, 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 I do want to say it's in the fifty. But what I want to say was, did. Have we just become a little more desensitized? Because I didn't watching those. I didn't. I didn't have the feeling that there was really anything particularly unique, special, special about the sex scenes no, I didn't in the film. I felt like uh, for its time, I was like, mm, "This is this is some graphic stuff." Like this, this is you know, titillating for yeah, yeah sure. Mm-hmm. Let's you know, yes, but um, with two noted actresses, but, I think yes, sure, um, yes. You get there's that. that. I was like, "Wow, that's that that's them." Okay, you know, uh, but I think part of the problem you run into now is like with the ubiquity of porn and just like videos everywhere online. You know, this was Brian's 1996. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was different. Right. So yeah. back then, this like they needed that sex consultant because there was not red tube. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. and they need. What's red tube? I've never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> just look it up. Go uh, go on Once your again, computer. Check Brian's bookmarks. <laughs> <laughs> So, it's under Brian's boring bookmarks. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here, folder. Yeah. Delete items. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, I felt like, you know, like this, yeah, this, like, I mean, today we're desensitized mm-hmm. to it. And, and you know, society in general, like, is just like, pff, whatever, you know. But there's, there are all these ill-conceived ideas of what lesbian sex is. Sure. 
And I think that's what she, the Susie Bright woman, was actually yeah. really kind of wanting and to. And if you tell two actresses, like, mm-hmm. to have lesbian sex, they're like, you know. There's a lot of whole, uh, they're either going to. All the hands and stuff, I think, is probably what's going to be the sound of it. <laughs> yeah. Either that or they're going to, like, they're going to be like, well, what do they do in porn? You know what Slaps. I mean? Like, so, yeah. 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 Hi, a lot of high fiving, yeah. fist bumps. Sure. A lot yeah. of Brian yeah. just failed his interview to be a sex consultant <laughs> on anything. Um, <laughs> But I, I, and I feel bad actually, even just as a movie nerd, apparently one of them was done in a single take and a very fluid shot where they actually, instead of having a closed set, which I didn't notice that. Usually, what I, I, I missed it, I gotta watch it again. Is that I guess. the big one where they're, yeah, yeah, um, okay. yeah, they did a, a single camera movement and had you know, you know people, crew members actually moving the background, the walls to kind of accommodate that. I'm gonna go ahead and say, I noticed that yeah. was one single okay. shot. There you go, see, this I is what happens. Okay, fine, everybody. Because just Jesus, to throw back to a previous podcast, I think that. the same thing happened in Comfort for Strangers, it was afterwards, and then I, it called back when I was watching that, when they start with her already naked, and then they zoom all the way around to him, and mm-hmm. it's the same scene where they're being watched when they fall asleep. Mm-hmm. I will say on this topic, when we started watching this movie, I'm sitting down and I was like, why the hell did Brian recommend this movie yes. to us? Oh, yeah. And I said it out loud because, like, you know, again, I came into this movie with no clue whatsoever yeah. at all what it was or what it was about. And I'm sitting there, I was like, and I didn't know who the Wachowskis were. Right. So I didn't know any of this stuff. And I was like, did he pick a movie just to, like, see us blush? Right. And I didn't right. I didn't know it was going to be. I felt that same regret. <laughs> I thought I should just not. Like, I just pick a movie to watch them blush, but I, it was my intention. Right yeah. <laughs> I totally just, um, but I, so I, but I didn't, you know, like, so the sex is actually reasonably contained. Like there are two sex yeah, scenes and then, and then, it's kind and of then it the moves the into the real story of the movie. Yeah. So I was just there's like, not like, a, I mean, it's not anything offensive. I mean, there, no, there's no props or, you know, anything. Right. The, first, the first no sex vegetables. scene comes there's in. There's no Whoa. vegetables and nobody's no. wearing anything <laughs> additional. Whoa. Whoa, right. that's good. Yeah, don't even make blush. But, <laughs> pay that. So, no, but I mean like, it, the sex comes in really early on. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, is this going to be this way through the yeah. whole movie? Sometimes. Yeah. And it's yeah. not. You yeah. know, and yeah. so I was just like, okay, so they're doing this to establish a relationship. But like, seriously, right, really early on, I was like, what? So you, took it, so you weren't mad at me by the end of it? No. Okay. Except for the, the whole, I was just like, good 90s. <laughs> yeah, there's some bad grunge in there. There's and, some and bad some grunge. There's some ridiculously wide shouldered suits on the men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those would still be there. Clothes have changed, the haircuts. Mafia yeah. suits there. Well, they're better. They if can the mafia be hears this, they're going to be coming after you. So okay. Well, it's not to insult the mafia. So so find me on Facebook. Kennesaw, Georgia. Um. <laughs> find me on Facebook. Yeah. So, but I mean, there was a lot. I wrote down a lot of gripes about the '90s-ness mm-hmm. of the movie, but that's just because you could you do know, a podcast called "I Hate the '90s." <laughs> I could. I could, but also, you know, like it, it's partly self, you know. Recrimination, I guess. I don't know what the word for it is. Like, why was like, I wearing that? I, yeah, I look back and I was like, man, I thought all that stuff was cool in the 90s. Yeah. And now I'm looking at it being just cringing. Well, it was weird like, that even, even the dudes were wearing chokers. I thought that was weird. <laughs> I thought that was but like for the time. Like the, the wine-colored lipstick. Oh, the wine-colored lipstick kills yes. me. You know. And even uh, her tattoos were terrible. 
and like they, uh, you oh, know, yes. just and beyond the fact that they Ian, didn't look real, but even Violet just, has a line where she's like, she's got this teeny tiny tattoo that's on her boob that she's oh, showing to Karki, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's like, it took all day. Yeah. I'm like, for real, you had a terrible tattoo. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I must rest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, life. that took all day. When she Whoa. said that, it yeah. made me think of when Phoebe and friends goes to get a tattoo, and she gets a little the blue dot, and she's like, no, I'm not. Yeah, yes. It's so painful. It's just like, it's the earth. Yes, she had to wait 45 minutes in between each dot, so yeah, it, did, it did take a while. They, yeah. yeah, I was just I was really impressed with that tattoo artist, I guess. Well, uh, I think, you know, on the topic of 90s, um, this movie feels like it's a great companion piece to something like The Usual Suspects. I mean, you could have yeah. a good, nice little double feature of oh, yeah, uh, a plot-heavy little noir twist. Um, mm. Any last thoughts on, on Bound? I mean, Usual or the Suspects is just so much better. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It would be fun to watch both of them and kind of see. I do so, think *Usual Suspect* holds up quite well. I would well, like but, uh, to say that's that's in my seventeen. Yes, it is. That's, that's a movie I saw before. We're, not, we're going to name them all by the end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, any any last thoughts? That you, do you feel like you need to go fill in some holes now with uh, the Wachowskis? I mean, I, it would you be interesting. Speed to, Racer or uh, I don't Jupiter think I've watched the nope. Matrix trilogy since everybody's since changed. To the siblings. Oh, well, sure. I wonder what's going on in those movies. We could watch it again and see what, what, if, if there's any insights. I'm sure there are, but I do feel like this is the obvious one to yeah, look absolutely. at. Sure. And you'll be and happy then. to know that they kept Joey for The Matrix, but they didn't keep Jennifer Tilly in The Matrix. Excellent. You know, I, I don't so remember they working with him. much of The Matrix. And let's not forget, like it, so. Jennifer Tilly played a great um, character on Monsters Incorporated. She's excellent Googly in Bear. that movie. Yes. Yes. I know, I love her. Yeah, the voice is good for animation. Yeah. Sure. Sometimes voice, it's just hard to I do. I think her. the voice is good for movies. For you. <laughs> Real Jennifer Tilly fan over here. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm could, getting the skunk guy from my wife. I could debark her and be okay with it. <laughs> okay, well, uh, once again, thank you guys for joining us. I think we'll no, end on that note. <laughs> what, the debark somebody? It's when you No, out. like I need to go shopping to no. like... <laughs> Jennifer Tillyize myself. <laughs> get yourself some more nighties. <laughs> get some burgundy lipstick and some nighties. Yeah. Get like a nice. Let's hear you say your best car key. What did I say earlier when I was trying to do her voice? I don't know. Joe, I want to have this baby already. I don't know. You've got some work to do. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to now have to go voice coach yeah, too. Voice coach, my it's got to be more wispy, like this. <sighs> okay. The voice yeah. coach is recommended. If you could get Please asthma first, key. and then I get what help. Yeah. Please. Deep and breathy. Um, please, car key, please. <laughs> you and your car keys can go watch this movie, actually, on Tubi.tv. Um, it's free to watch. There are commercials. They are Lots very annoying commercials. commercials. Uh, you know, if you're familiar with Crackle, it's a similar service. But it looked good. It was an HD stream, and um, mm-hmm. it's there for your, for your viewing entertainment. Uh, Craig and I will be back next week with a mini episode, and then after that, another full episode, which will divulge what we're going to watch at that time. Brian, thanks for filling in. You bet. Peggy, thanks for being here. Gretchen, thanks for being married to me and being here. And uh, thanks for suggesting Bound. You bet. I don't bet. (laughs) Bye.